Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Hi everyone, Jawson with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. And what we're going to talk about today is not getting over your ex. Now, this manifests itself in many different ways. Some people don't understand why they're still attracted or addicted to their ex. Now, sometimes, and we're going to talk about this first, it has to do with women being digged down and men being pussy whipped. And what this means primarily is that whatever you start out as the singular focus in your relationship many times, that's going to be the linchpin for you to stay in. Now, if it starts out with sex, for instance, that's pretty much where it's going to stay. And there are women out there that literally will stay with the guy because of his penis. There are men out there that will stay with women because of the sex they provide in the bedroom, the things they do, the fit they have. All of these things are inclusive. Now, what we have to understand too is this. Many times they have fallen out of love with this person and it becomes more or less they're coping, they're comfortable, they're content and even though they'll complain after a while they throw their hands up they don't care anymore and so the relationship largely consists of sex now these are the very people many times especially ladies will come back and say to a guy well the only thing you want me for is sex well that's what we started with and uh, you didn't show any leadership beyond that See, what you have to remember, ladies, is this. Yes, you want leadership from the man, but here's where it comes in. That's after the relationship is established. You see, in the going phases, the starting phases of it, you're the one that's pushing all the levers, turning all the knobs. He's trying to impress you at that point. He's trying to get as close to you as possible. So he's following you. But if you don't lead, what happens with a lot of guys? They say, well, hell, if you're not going to lead, I'll lead. And then many of you get upset because it leads to the bedroom all the time. You have to watch that. Because, see, most women who know this, they will guide the man into that position. And if it does happen to be where maybe... Sex is the only thing they're going to get out of the relationship. 
they'll structure it in a way where feelings are kind of protected. Some will. What that means primarily is you may say, well, I'm going to start out, maybe we could have a relationship, maybe we could have a long term. And then she realizes, well, you know, not so much, but he has good dick. So therefore, maybe a friends with benefits situation. She realizes that he's not the one. So therefore, she may go and say, well, I'm already with him. I don't feel like going and vetting someone else. So let me just go on and flatten this relationship out. And again, fellas, she's reaching for someone else that doesn't know her as well and that she sees more of a future with. Now, this is not always the case with women. There's some that just say, uh-uh, mm-mm. I want the whole package, I want everything. I want the love, I want the sex, I want everything. If I can't get that in one package, I'm not dealing with it. You have those. And then you have the others that will parcel out the package and say, well, at least I can get this out of it. Because ladies, that's the way a lot of men look at you. We look at it from the standpoint, okay, she no longer qualifies for wife material. Maybe side piece, booty call. And here's the reason why. There's something obvious a lot of times that the guy sees that you don't. Just like with us ladies, there are things you see. You don't tell us, but you react accordingly. You're not interested. He doesn't know what it is. He's thinking that everything is fine. And you're sitting there and you're saying, oh no, the way he approached me calling me Miss Lady, calling me Shorty, telling me I'm fine, and fellas, you don't know what the answer to that puzzle is. You just don't know what the piece is that's missing. And the reason why you don't know is because there are some women who feel as though you should already know. Now, this is when you start dealing with people that may put themselves in a different class or classification. So there are certain things that they're just not going to tolerate on the surface. So you approach the lady and say, hey, what's up? That kind of thing. Well, she may not be a what's up type lady. And she'll look at you as if to say, oh, you blew it. She doesn't even want to carry on the dialogue. And the guy's like, what's wrong? I'm being me. True enough, you are. But as far as she sees it, you came at her the wrong way. Again, there's no encyclopedia to show you how to approach a woman. There have been women that I thought for sure, you know, oh, I got to speak the Queen's English. And hell, I got over there and she, man, she was breaking verbs and everything. And I'm like, damn, mangling, dangling participles and all kind of shit. I was going to say participles. <laughs> but it was hilarious. So it's a crapshoot. And the thing you got to remember is never to take rejection personal. When you start taking rejection personally, it's only going to make it worse for you. Don't do it. Now, the other thing to keep in mind, sometimes people will start out the relationship wanting love. And what I mean by that, just like the gentleman that gave the woman the ring on the first date, 
sometimes there are lingering effects from the past. Now, in that case, he hadn't resolved issues in his past relationship. But sometimes people will bring those lingering thoughts forward in new relationships, even though they're looking back and thinking about how it was with their ex. There are certain things that their ex may have done that really wowed them. Fellas, this is one of the reasons why a lot of times when you meet a woman and you're intimate for the first time and she's telling you some of the things she likes in the bedroom, some of it has to do with the fact that she's got experience with it. She's already been there and done that with someone else. So she knows what is suitable for her. And ladies, let me tell you something about us men. We're very skeptical when you say something like, oh, this is my first time. We look at the way you execute. Oh no, you've been doing this shit for a while. We already know. But we play along with you. We'll patronize you like, oh, wow. Now, to my senior citizen friends, something that I have to say. Those of you that live in rural areas and in the byways and other areas, let me tell you something. Um, oral sex is not a new phenomenon. For some of you, you may think it's a new thing. And I, I really mean this because there was a lady that wrote in recently. She's 63 years old. And she got with a 38-year-old man for the first time. Just got divorced not too long ago. And the guy went down on her. And she went down on him for the first time in her life. When she was married, it was just regular missionary position and doggy style. They never, ever did that. Well, the problem for her was, being that she did it the first time, she told him she was going to teach him something because the second time around, she was an expert. Well, the guy was kind of trying to tell her in a subtle way, ma'am, you know, this is standard operating procedure for most people that have sex. So what you're doing is not special or different. It's cool. And ladies, let me tell you something. It's not that we don't appreciate it, but here's the thing especially older ladies. If you get with a younger man, don't, please don't think that you're presenting something new to him. Because in his peer group, he's probably done some shit that would make your hair stand up. I'm just telling. The same thing goes true with some of you old guys. Now, the other thing too, the way you're treated by your partner. Some people like the way they were treated by their ex, and they may not be treated on that same level by the new guy. Maybe the new guy doesn't make as much money as your ex did. Maybe he doesn't have the career opportunities your ex did. So therefore, unfairly sometimes, you compare him to your ex. And ladies, let me tell you one of the biggest mistakes that women make. When you're out on a date with a guy, you start criticizing him, by comparing him to your ex. And you don't realize you're actually doing it. But if uh, it's somewhere, for instance, you say, 
oh, well, you know, me and my ex, you know, we used to go to this restaurant and, you know, we don't even go pass by this place. Well, that's like a swipe at him. And he feels, you know, some kind of way about it. He's spending his money on you, no matter where the venue is. And he's looking at it from the standpoint, well, damn, she's an ingrate. She doesn't appreciate anything. That's a security team barking at a bird. This bird has been walking around teasing and taunting the security team, but they can't get to him, so they're pissed. Anyway, what's going on here is that a lot of times we get caught up in looking back. I even had to catch myself on this because when I had dated Monica years ago, I held a lot of women to her standard, but I had to also realize, wait a minute, all of these women are not as wealthy as she is. All of these women don't have some of the resources. And so it was unfair for me to go and try to judge these women based on my ex. And sometimes people have a bad tendency of doing that. There was one gentleman that contacted me and the problem that he was having, his wife, his new wife, was comparing him in the bedroom to her ex-husband, telling him her ex-husband was larger. He penetrated her more. She could have an orgasm, et cetera, et cetera. And he didn't know whether she was deliberately trying to tear him down or whether she was trying to make him do something different or better, like an incentive. And a lot of men are caught in that middle ground, they don't know, okay, am I doing this right or am I doing this wrong? Now, let me tell you, the most vulnerable place you'll ever be with anyone is naked with them. At that point, you have nothing to defend you. You don't have any clothes on. You're at, you're at your natural self as you came into this world. And so therefore, with that said, we are very sensitive about things. Women, you're definitely sensitive about your bodies. What do most of you do when you're first naked with the guy you're with for the first time? You're covering your breasts. You maybe put that one arm over your breast to hide your nipples and your areolas, and the other hand down over your crotch to hide your vagina. And it's out of modesty because you're not accustomed to being around people naked a lot in some cases. There's some of you that say, here I am, <clears throat> whoop de whoop. What you'll find, fellas, is that more women who have been married or in long-term relationships are more comfortable with being nude around. They've already been there, done that. They've heard many of the criticisms and many of the good things and bad things. That woman that's comfortable with her body will say, well, here I am in my glory. This is me. Now, this is why I say, fellas, when you're dealing with a woman who is okay with who she is and she knows her body very well, don't take it as something that's intimidating. Even if she pulls out that vibrator that's like nine feet long with a motherfucking hemi on it, don't look at it as intimidating. 
But she more than likely is going to do is show you how to please her. Now, true enough, she's probably did that with other people. Maybe her ex-husband, maybe an ex-boyfriend. But here's the thing you got to remember. She's focused on you now. You are that guy now. And a lot of guys, you know, they get intimidated. Oh, that thing's going to replace me. Just like they're a damn auto worker thinking that machinery is going to replace them. So now they're mad and they want to strike. Mm-mm. What you do here, you take it in stride. And you learn. See, as I've always told you, a woman will tell you everything about her if she's interested in you and you listen to her. She'll tell you what she what she likes and what she doesn't like, what feels good and what doesn't feel good. She'll tell you these things. Because, see, women don't have that problem as far as speaking up for themselves. The reason why a lot of them don't is because they're afraid they're going to get shot down. Because what do guys like to do? Overtalk them. Tell them what they need. Tell them where they need to go. Tell them what they need to do. So a lot of them just don't say anything. Many of the women that I've met throughout the years who would always come to me with their problems, a lot of them were in marriages and relationships. First thing they would say, he doesn't listen to me. I'm not a priority for him. Help out a mini bartender back. Recognize each other. And quit looking at each other as being this uh, personification of perfection. You realize that you're more tolerant about some of the discrepancies that you may encounter. But now, the one thing that I will tell you the way you get to a point like this, it starts with a filtering process in the beginning. And you got to remember that. Before you, way before you're in the bedroom with this person, that screening process in the beginning, you're going to have to really take that to heart. Because, see, that's what's going to really determine what you will be contending with later on in the relationship. Because some of those characteristics are not going away. They're going to be there. So if this person is beating themselves up when you meet them, talking about how fat they are, how unattractive they are, that kind of thing, that's going to be something you're going to have to work on with that person in that relationship. That means that when you guys are intimate, they may go down that alley with that same kind of mindset and conjecture. You got to ask yourself, okay, will I be willing to shore this person up in that regard? Now, we talk about being pussy whooped. A lot of young men get pussy whooped early. It almost happened to me a few times. I'm, let me tell you, this woman that I was with, she was so, mm, that woman was so good. It was like, <laughs> when she got up to go to the bathroom, it was like I was still attached. <laughs> but I will tell you this. You're going to have to also use your head. The second one. And not the first one. 
all depends on which one you put a priority on. But <laughs> the one that's between your shoulders, I'll put it that way. Now, here's the thing. The reason why you have to do this in particular is because she can use her vagina, if you're not careful, to carry you down a path that you may not want to go down. Accept things and terms that you may not want to deal with. Always keep in mind, fellas, that if a woman sleeps with you very early in the relationship without a commitment, there's more than likely some sort of agenda behind it. Now, it could be that she's cheating on a man and just wants to go and get her needs met. But whatever it is, her agenda outweighs her feelings as far as establishing a relationship. See, one thing women will do when they know good and well, because there are some women who cannot disassociate their physical presence with their emotional and mental presence. So in other words, she's not going to sleep with you unless she's totally in a relationship and has some sort of equity in it. She's got to have some sort of stake in that relationship. It just cannot be something where she's just going to go and just give it away to everyone. Not because she thinks her vagina is special, but it's because of the fact that it's a whole package that comes with her, not just part of it. Now, Here's the thing you have to also understand. Some women, when they sleep with you and they ask for that commitment, and take for instance, she has kids by another man. She's still married. She's got all of these other issues. What she's expecting by opening her legs and letting you go in there, you're accepting everything associated with her. Be careful on your commitments. Only commit to what you really can follow through on. I can't stress that enough. Because a lot of you make those half-assed commitments just to get the ass and think, oh, you know, I, since I told her that, I could just go and keep on hitting this as long as I want to. Oh, no. She's going to make you be accountable at some point for that commitment you made while you were with her. Now, there are other women out there that don't have the confidence and don't think that they're really good in bed. Just like there are men like that. And so what happens is this. They will go and the last thing they want to ever do is talk about sex. The last thing they want to ever do is to mention intimacy or anything like that. They want to hold this guy off as long as possible until they got an emotional commitment from him. And when I say this, it's like no matter what happens in the bedroom, no matter what happens between us, um, you're going to still love me, right? It's basically what she's trying to convey. Meaning that she may not think that her vagina will be the thing to keep. So she's going to be very vigilant about asking questions about you cheating, that kind of thing, and infidelity especially if she's been cheated on before or if she's been told by a man that her pussy's no good. She's going to have a complex about that a lot of times. Not always. But here's the thing. A lot of times she's looking for affirmation. 
There are women right now that have been sleeping with their husbands for 30, 40 years. And the man has never told them, honey, you know what? You got some good pussy. Sounds marginal. There was a lady that made a comment about that. Her husband told her that for the first time and they had been married for years. And it made her day. Because she was always worried. Now, as men, ladies, you know you have lied to us many times about how great we are and that kind of thing in order to stroke our ego. Because, you know, we fall harder than you guys do when it comes down to sexual prowess. Again, what is this based on? It's based on a man fearing inadequacy. Dick not big enough, that kind of thing. But what do many of you do? You don't complain. You make adjustments. You talk about different angles. You position yourself where it's going to be a pleasurable, pleasurable experience. You work with them. And see, some men don't realize that because they feel so intimidated because it's like, damn, you know, uh, she's, she's, she's got me around here. I'm, I'm the man. I'm supposed to be in control. I'm supposed to tell her what to do. No. Mm-mm. Because, see, one of the hardest things to do, fellas, is this. Believe it or not, if that woman is already there mentally and emotionally, heart, mind, vagina, she's going to make it work because, see, what she already has in her head is a narrative. She's envisioned herself with you. And see, one thing that you have to realize is this. When she's making suggestions and she's asking you to move here and do this and do that, that's because she cares. If she didn't care, guess what she'd do? Just get the fuck up. Just get up. Just go. You can go. You can go. Most women who have been experienced, married, had boyfriends before, etc., etc., they know a lot of times that if it's your first time having sex with them, you're probably going to go in there and nut first. They already have that in mind. But now, here's the thing, fellas. You might want to do it in tandem with her. In other words, extend the foreplay a lot longer in the beginning. So in that way, it would be easier for her to have that orgasm. Because, see, with a woman... A lot of it's cerebral and emotional. It's not, you know, penetrative. We think that, oh, we're plowing away in there and she's just loving it. Here's the thing. If you're the right guy, you're giving her the right attention, you're listening to her, and you got the right fit, and in the right position, That's what she's going to appreciate. I can't tell you how many women have told me, yeah, my husband, he comes home, my boyfriend, he comes home. All that he wants to do is just go and drill me out and that's it. Meaning that she didn't get any pleasure out of it. Oh, she satisfied him, but she didn't get anything out of it. 
So she's still walking around, frustrated. Because the assumption is, because she has a man in the house, she's satisfied, supposedly. It depends on their situation. This is why a lot of these women leak out of their marriage and relationships and go on to these single sites and try to get new dick. Because, see, they're going for themselves at that point. They can give a damn less about the guy that they hook up with online. They just want to go to get that need met. And after that, they probably won't have anything to do with you. Because it's all about them. As I told you before, infidelity is based on selfishness. So if the husband or boyfriend is selfish about just getting his nut and going to sleep, leaving her there frustrated, that selfishness transfers to her in that she may go out and get some dick and not really care about the guy she slept with. See how that works. We'll talk more in just a moment. moment when your woman has big dick syndrome withdrawals he's a meat stretcher he'll stretch your meat my nigga know how to fucking slay dick and that's why i'm crazy as fuck because that nigga dick me the fuck down that's why i'm crazy this is dick crazy this don't need no fucking help for no fucking medicine what the, what, 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 what the fuck you mean it didn't fit I remember years ago, one incident in my past where I went on a date with this lady. She had driven her car, I drove mine. And we were there, just talking at the dinner table. I noticed that I was seeing the crown of her head all the time, because she was buried into her phone. And at first I started to tell her, you know, that's rude. But I said, you know what, she's an adult. She should know better. I'll wait till she lifts her head up, then I'll talk to her. And she looks up at me briefly and says, uh, I have to go. Now I'm thinking, okay, is this something I did? Something I said? Is it the restaurant? What is it? Wasn't that at all. Her ex had contacted her. And she was going to try to give him a second chance. She left me right there in that restaurant. And Louise, the waitress, she came over. And she says, uh, where's your date? I said, well, she left. Her boyfriend, ex-boyfriend contacted her and she just took off. And she said, well, you know what? I'm getting off in about a few minutes. I'm gonna sit here and eat with you. And she did so. And we were talking that night. And she said, let me tell you something. She said, the reason why she left 
is because more than likely he had a good dick. But whatever it is, she said, mark my word, I guarantee she's going to call you back. It was about a few days, Louise was right. She called me back, apologizing, crying. Not for me, not anything that, you know, any guilt that she had for me. Crying because the guy yo-yoed her back in, screwed her and kicked her out. And she's like, well, you know, uh, I'll make it up. We can go somewhere to dinner and I'll pay for it, blah, blah, blah. No, that's okay. I don't want you to be mad at me. No, no, I'm not mad at you. I'm aware of you. Oh, well, you can't judge me on something like that. I said, oh, yeah, I can. I said, because that means that um, I can't question. I said, besides, it was nice seeing the top of your head most of the night. You know, whoever does your hair, they do a good job. Because I never got a chance to really see your face that much. What happens, folks, is this. Sometimes, even though a person will end a relationship, it doesn't mean that they ended it without guilt. Even some of the ladies that I used to date contact me on this show. Many of them were reaching for something that they thought were better than I was. I had no problem with that. May the best man win. Go for it. And many of them, years later, want to revisit. And it's like, we can still be friends. Our friendship is still good. But as far as uh, a relationship, can't trust you like that. Oh, you have trust issues. I've been told that. No. Mm-mm. Here's the thing. If you learn a lesson, why would you need to take a remedial class in that same course? Wouldn't make any sense. Wouldn't make any sense at all. Unless you failed, right? Now, the other thing that we have to look at here is that a lot of people in relationships many times too quickly before they even try to work on it. And they get into another one and then they find out that they're worse off in a new relationship than they were in the past one. And they're trying to make it back. But I will tell you what you will run run across more often than not you'll run across people who have been accustomed to be treating a certain, being treated a certain way. And for some reason, they think that that's the standard for everyone. And it isn't. When you're starting out with a new person in a relationship, they're exposed to your standards, your values, your boundaries. And here's the thing. You have to understand that they have to become familiar with it would be just like moving into a new town you know what the laws are basically that are universal but you may not know some of the intricate codes within the community like leaving your car out of the garage if you live in the HOA or something like that 
So, in that sense, you have to comport yourself to that person's standards to see whether or not you guys can see eye to eye. Because your standards may be in conflict with theirs. Your values, your morals. These things are important. But again, these are things that you will have to filter out in the beginning of the relationship before you become intimate. And a lot of people just turn a blind eye to it because they're so focused on the person. And what happens a lot of times too in relationships, people acquire bad habits in other relationships and they bring them forward in new ones. And they wonder sometimes why they're not accepted. And they'll say, what's wrong with me? And what they fail to look at sometimes is to reevaluate, okay, you are a certain way when you first got with that person, you made that change with that person, and you've moved on, and ever since you've moved on, you've had problems. Maybe you should go back to where you made that change and see why you made it and what changes you made and how it impacted the way you appeal to people. Had you fixed that, going forward, you probably wouldn't have been in so many relationships. You've been a little bit more acceptable. But see, what we run into problems in relationships sometimes is that we customize ourselves too much for that person's liking. In other words, we give too much of ourselves. We compromise way too much sometimes. Where this person really doesn't have to do too much of anything. And so the relationship ends, they get with another person and they're doing this, that, and the third for that individual. And they say, whoa, wait a minute, you don't have to do all that. Just like the lady did with the guy with the ring. She's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm -mm. Slow down a little bit. Now, the other thing too, when we talk about a lot of dating fiascos. Now, a lot of people don't like dating period because of many of the things that people share on your show. Some of the experiences I've had that were negative. They don't want to go through that feeling bad period in their lives. They don't want to go through that rejection. They don't want to go through some of the things that they will have to go through. You may have to get some battle scars in order to get the gold. That's the way it goes. It would be nice if we could take all the bones out of the fish and hand you a filleted relationship every time you went out there and went online and met someone. It would be ideal. The world is unpredictable, so is life in general. As people, we try to be fair. Life doesn't have to be fair to us. We don't have any kind of bond or any kind of allegiance or any kind of uh, covenant with life. So therefore, we have to approach it as a case-by-case basis. See, that's the reason why so many people are upset with moderates, politically. Conservatives are like, oh no, let's keep things the way they were. Liberals are like, no, let's change things for the future. Moderates are like, let's evaluate and see what we need to keep and see what we need to change. And see, that's the difference. If you're dating as a moderate, I don't mean politically, I mean emotionally. 
you'll see that things will make more sense as you go through and you can assess what is tolerable and what's not. But if you get to a point where you're ignoring the red flags and thinking that you're just going to go out there and you're going to make everything right, that's where you make your mistake. Are you going to go and take a new relationship and impose some of the old edicts in your past relationships into this one? You may take some things with you, but you're not going to take the whole kit and caboodle. And you have to listen to your partner as you go forward. If they tell you they're not into something, you may have to understand that, hey, okay, well, we probably won't have that in the relationship and you have to see whether or not that's going to be a significant part of it that will impact the way you participate in that relationship. And sometimes people don't like doing that. They'll sit there and say, nope, nope, you got to change this before we go forward. Not necessarily. You just might have to cope with whatever's there. But that person doesn't have to comport themselves to your liking. And some people don't like that particular uh, approach because it can be rather uh, inconvenient. Instead, they want it where they had terms as they wanted. What that might have worked in a past relationship, might have worked in a past marriage. But going forward, you're going to have to understand that there have to be compromises in order for you guys to go forward. And if you're still bound by some of the rules and the constraints that you had in your past relationship, things that you really didn't like, but you eventually got Stockholm Syndrome and took those things on as your own when they weren't really productive or healthy for you. And somebody who's a little bit more objective sees this and points it out and you become defensive, you've done yourself a disservice. That's the reason why most rational women, after relationships, they have a postmortem. They're not ready to rush into another one. They're thinking about, okay, how much have I changed? What worked for me and what worked against me? What are the things that I could take from it? What are the things I can leave behind? This is what they look at. This is the assessment they make. Dragging all that shit forward leads to nothing but more chaos. Because you're going to run into more conflict. Now, the other thing we have to consider with these types of situations is that as you're getting to know this new person, you're going to have to understand a few things. There are going to be some things that may be said or may be revealed that you may find not suitable for you. Don't try to correct them on everything that you find that's not going to work. Hear them out. Then make an overall macro assessment of whether or not you can deal with the situation. So this person may say, I go to church every Sunday. My partner will have to go to church every Sunday. Well, that ain't me. I'd be thinking, that ain't me. And uh, I only believe in having sex once a week. That ain't me. 
my kids come first. That ain't me. And so after this person has revealed all this, then you can say, well, you know what? I think we'll be better off as friends. Oh, really? Why? Why do you say that? Because let, let's face some facts here. We're on two different opposite ends of the world. Your kids are very important to you. They're a priority to you. I don't have any children. So therefore, I empathize with you. I commend you for your allegiance to your children. But when it comes down to me, it wouldn't be a good fit. After you've heard them out, then you could just give them the reasoning. As opposed to trying to hit every item as they go down the list. You can still have a terrific friendship. And then there are those of you who are like, well, you know, we can't make it in a relationship. We can at least fuck. <laughs> You're convenient. I'm convenient. We reveal a lot of stuff about each other over the phone. And that's usually where most of your dialogue takes place. Many of you reveal a lot in phone calls and text messages before you actually meet the first time. Now, some people do this deliberately to kind of box the person in. They already like the person at least what they see of the person. And now they got to go and box them in through phone conversation. Get them to a point where they reveal something about themselves that they normally wouldn't reveal to other people or to put them in a position where they have to measure up to a certain standard that they've established or a certain dare of sorts. In this way, what they're doing is they're trying to hold you accountable for what you have pretty much laid out compared to who you are. Now, again, what is the factor? What is the thing that people are so conscious about? Inadequacy. They want to measure up. It's like when you have the papers handed back to you after you've taken a test. You don't want to see a D or C or an F on there. You can survive with a B, but you're hoping for an A. Because guess what you've done? You've given your best effort, right? Well, that's one of the things you have to realize here. They're hoping that you put forth your best effort. And remember, women are very detail-oriented, fellas. So if you tell a woman something online or on the phone, you better damn sure make sure that it manifests itself realistically. Once she finds out that it hasn't and you've lied to her, she's got very little mercy or empathy. And this is how a lot of dates go wrong. Some of you ladies do the same thing with men. I went out with a lady here in Vegas. Told me she was a mother of two. But what she didn't tell me was that she was still married. 
And she was roommating with another single mom and they had a relationship going on. And she said, well, I have to break up with her first and then I have to get divorced from my husband and then we can be together. Shit, you think I'm going through all that? Nope. Mm -mm. And she said, well, at least we could be friends with benefits. Nope, we ain't doing that either. You have too many things attached to you. I'd have to be dealing with the next husband. Well, a husband right now. I'd have to be dealing with two kids. I'd be dealing with another woman that has feelings for you and you have feelings for her. Too many people. Even though she put single on her profile. This is what you run into sometimes. As I told you man before, a woman will come to your door in any condition whatsoever. You can't do the same. She'll discriminate against you more than anything. Now, there's another thing too to keep in mind. You may be singled out because of the way you're built, because of your race, your hair color, your eye color. In other words, this person has dated someone in the past or their ex was a different race or ethnicity. So they're going to be solely focused on that. That's going to be a requirement, a deal break. And now what you have to also look at, take for instance you're selected as one of those people. As the one gentleman wrote in, Caucasian, African-American woman was interested in him. They went on their first date and she berated black men. And he was uncomfortable about that because the way he looked at it is if I would say anything that condoned anything that she said, I would be a racist. So he let her vent, but he wasn't comfortable. And this is a reality that we run into every once in a while. And it doesn't just have to be race, it could be religion, it could be ethnicity, culture, height, weight, eye color. I had one lady tell me that she couldn't date me because I had brown eyes. She said, I think people with blue eyes have more intelligence. I said, okay, scientifically, can you show me the reference without any pseudoscience or some homemade documentary? Well, I just feel that way. I said, okay. You validated with your feelings. All right, no problem. I'm sure that scholars would definitely go to the library and try to look up your feelings to see whether or not that'd be a point of reference. So I'm sure you're probably at Harvard, Yale, and every other academic institution with your feelings and your opinions as the go-to. So there are a lot of things that you have to understand. You may run across people that have been indoctrinated in other types of uh, 
religions and things based on their past partner. And they've taken on this persona and they've taken on some of the characteristics. And yet, they may have the appeal that they had to get their past partner, but they may have that component that was from that past partner that may make them a little bit more unacceptable. And that can also be problematic. You see, red flags for me, for instance, I meet a woman, the first thing she tells me, she's a Christian, I'm running for the hills. Reason being, my past experience, I've been fucked over by more Christians than anybody else. Even atheists have treated me better than some Christians. So that's not going to be a hallmark for your character. I just see it as a slogan, nothing more. You know, what's kind of funny. I've dated women who were Hindu, Buddhist, <coughs> Muslim. None of them ever brought up their religion as being the first thing I met. The other thing is that a lot of times when you meet people, they may not have an identity. They may have manufactured that identity from their past relationship. So that's all they know. And it may not even be logical. Their whole philosophy. Because they never had a chance to find themselves out. And you will find that a lot of times they will cling on to you in order to find some sort of direction. Both men and women will do this. Because they got into the relationship in the past, lost, and thought they had some bearing or guidance, only to go forward and still remain lost. And therefore, they're looking for someone to kind of lead them or guide them, or tell them where to go or what to do. Now, some people may like that, especially if you're one of these individuals that like to control someone. But those of you who are looking for a responsible partner, you fall short in that arena. Because these individuals aren't uh, so confident in their own judgment. And this is one of the things that uh, comes about sometimes when you're in a relationship where you've been gaslighted a lot, or where someone says, oh, you didn't see me cheating, your eyes are bad. <laughs> you know, that type of situation. And therefore, you may become very defensive in your next relationship. I want to see your phone. In a healthy relationship, guess what happens? A partner would never have to ask to see someone else's phone. Why not? Because there's a level of integrity and trust between the two of them where they would trust that partner enough that they would do the right thing. I look at a phone as a personal toothbrush. The one thing that you gotta remember, if you're with a partner, 
and they're cheating on you and you don't know it yet, guess what's going to happen? They're going to slip up. Why? Because they get comfortable. You know, it's just like the criminal. You have all these guys that are criminals, right? Look how many of them went to prison, went to jail. They got comfortable at what they did. So comfortable that eventually they got caught. I know what you're thinking. Well, what about the ones that didn't get caught? A lot of them got out of what they were doing. They quit doing it. They bet their odds and then they said, eh, you know what? Maybe this is not for me. You can only be king so long. You look at people like Paul Castellano, all the rest of the mafia guys. What happened? People like Gotti, Sammy DeBoe, Bravano, all those guys came in because they were hungry. And they were like, fuck all this protocol. I want it now. And it took down everybody. You see, the one thing that you have at your disadvantage when you get involved with something where you're going for only your personal interests, it's yourself, it's your ego, it's your cockiness. It's that being emboldened to do things. Because see, what you gotta remember about cheating, and I experienced this from some of my friends, watching them get caught up. They got to a point where that side piece was feeding their ego. And they were going out there dressing differently, spending money, getting credit cards that the wife didn't know about. Living lavishly. Doing what they needed to do at home. But they started out small. They started out afraid. Thinking they were going to get caught. They were incrementally cheating. And then they started just being more comfortable with the lifestyle. Until wife found out. The truth is always going to make its way to the surface. It's just like water. It will erode limestone, the Grand Canyon, created by water. It will find a way to see through. More in a moment, folks. points that you really need to consider before you start a relationship is that of the premise by which you met. Did this person lie to you in the beginning stages telling you they were single when they were married or telling you that you know I'm dealing with a situation but it's nothing serious when it is serious. I want you to remember one thing 
if you accept the relationship as it is based on you finding out that what they told you was deceptive or a lie, please understand that's going to be a component of your relationship going forward because that person has found it easy to do it. Now, when does this usually start? I find that under two conditions, I see this a lot when it comes to dating. One, if the person has been doing this in past relationships in order to cope. And two, when they've done this in order to protect their feelings from rejection. Now, the reason why they're deceptive up front is because they don't want to be rejected in any circumstances. Just like they would in a relationship. If they told their partner the truth, they'd probably get rejected, so therefore they tell a lie. If you accept the deception in the initial stages, what you have done, you have signed a warrant of failure in your relationship. More often than not. Now, there are always exceptions. You got to remember, though, the exception is not the rule. It's just the exception. And sometimes people want the exception to be the rule. Well, if that was the case, <laughs> we wouldn't need laws, would we? Because everybody would be exempt from the laws. So we know that that's not going to work as well. Now, another thing that we have to look at too, and it comes down to relationships and you guys getting along. You're gonna have some things, some components in the person that you meet that may have similarities to what you've dealt with before in the past. Call those things out when you run across them. Ask them about them. So take for instance, you're not getting a whole litany of things that you would say, you know, that, hey, I'm not dealing with this, I'm not dealing with that, I'm not dealing with this. You want to hear those folks out. But take for instance, you guys are talking and everything is going smoothly and then they bring one particular thing up that may be not congruent with your standards. Expound on that. Get some clarification. And allow them to understand the impact that it had on you in a past relationship and why you wouldn't want to go through that again. So they have a better understanding. Now, this is giving them an opportunity to make a compromise. But if they're insensitive and say, oh, that's just the way I am, and you find this with centric people, people that have been alone for so long that the world has to go at their own drumbeat, nobody else's. They don't listen to anybody else. They have their own beliefs, they have their own philosophies, and a lot of times they're pretty fucked up. The one person that I found that's very difficult to date is a cynic. Especially an ignorant one. They have an answer for an everything but reasoning for nothing. 
what you will find with many of those folks, they're sidetracked very easily by misinformation. And also, those individuals will be very problematic to be a party of in a relationship. Let me give you an example of this. Years ago, Monica and I went out to this gathering. There was this gentleman with this lady, and she was from, I think, Ozarks or somewhere back east. And the conversation centered around immigration, international trade, that kind of thing, because it was one of those types of events dealing with uh, investment, international business. And this lady said that what we need to do is kick everybody that's not in America out. Meaning not American or from America. She says this in a room full of people from different countries that were investing heavily in the United States. Now, she goes on to say that this country was founded you know, with the whole thing about Europeans, et cetera, et cetera. Her husband stood there and just looked at her. And she's looking around, what, what, what's wrong? Took her to the side and he, I'm sure he had a talk with her. She didn't say anything for the rest of the evening. And he had to do damage control. She was a fly on the wall, sitting over there by the champagne bar, staying silent the rest of the evening. When you have views and opinions, and I don't know when it's appropriate to actually express those, based on the environment, we all go through this. We all have to go through this. You wouldn't be on an operating room, in an operating room rather, on an ER and telling, hey, the nurses and doctors need to go to hell. I don't need them. It wouldn't work to your advantage. But sometimes people will do this because their belief is far more important than anything else. If you find somebody with like beliefs and you guys can get along, more power to you. But what you have to understand too is that how's that relationship going to play in public? It'd be an embarrassing thing. I told you about the evening when uh, Monica and I went to one uh, pool party and one of the guys got drunk and started spouting off about how useless women were. This guy made less money than the woman he was with. She literally took care of him, saved his failing business, paid off his family's debt. And he's making all these comments, these passive aggressive comments, because he was drunk than us when it comes down to matters like these. Now, 
it's also where sometimes men will have to take on that mantle as well. It depends on the situation. But the one thing that I want you to understand out of this whole episode is that this all begins with the selection of the person to be in your life. We spend more time at a car dealership arguing over the financing and the monthly payments on a vehicle than we do when it comes down to spending time to really sort out the right person for us to be our partner. That will have more of a devastating impact on us financially, emotionally, than a car purchase. That's just what's happened. Sometimes we marginalize dating. Don't take it seriously. Oh yeah, I went out with this guy, lady wrote me, told me, I went out with this guy, et cetera, et cetera, and it, it was okay, and I'm, I'm going on another date tomorrow night. Sometimes you get hung up in the quantity of your dates, not the quality of it. That was one of my problems back in the day. I dated a hell of a lot of women. And I can tell you this much. Many of them, to this day, I couldn't even remember the first name. Some of them, I have to look back in my journal. When I used to journal some of the dates. Because I dated a lot of insignificant people as I saw it at the time. And sometimes people are just out there dating just for recreational dating for the hell of it. Without a purpose. And if you're dating for a purpose, it's wasting your time to be with that individual. Wasting your money and everything else. Now, it's difficult to find someone that's going to be suitable for you. Because geography plays a role in it. Uh, situations play, play a role in it. Personalities, past experiences, all these factors come into the fold. So when you do find someone, you might want to go and kindle the fire a little bit to make sure that that flame can stay lit and not just take it for granted and not just assume that, you know, oh, it's just going to be an automatic pilot. Now, I get hit up from a lot of people telling me, you know, you need to go and be in the manosphere. For what? There's no reason. I look at that as being weighted, just like I would look at if this show was based towards feminists. No, we're just dealing with things where people can hip, can get along in a happy medium between the two of them. Takes two people to be in a relationship. And it's very easy once you find that person to really work things through, provided that both of you put forth the same effort 
but that can come and go. But see, that's key. But sometimes people, you know, they want to go halfway or partially. You'll have people that will start a relationship but don't want to go through with it because they feel as though they're missing out. They have FOMO, fear of missing out. So they'll get into it. Because hell, I used to do this. I'm not gonna be, I'm not even gonna kid you on this. I used to do this. You get in and then you say, you know what? Uh, no, uh-uh. There might be a better deal out there. That shit gets old. It does. Because you're gonna deal with a whole different set of issues with everybody you meet. So it's not gonna be a consistent one size fits all thing. And some of you think that the ex that you were with is going to be the norm for everybody. And it's not. They're going to be different ones, different personality types. They may have some similar characteristics. And guys, another thing too, ladies, but especially you guys. Some of you have written in about kind of being upset when you're dating a woman who's been divorced or widowed and she calls you accidentally by her ex's name this is not intentional in most cases it's not she's so accustomed to doing that and what you'll find is that hear me out it's more endearing especially if she loved that person because what that means is that you're on the same level subliminally to her as that person was in her life. Is this always the case? No. But she's comfortable enough to accidentally call you that person's name. So that means that you're in that same headspace because she's used to being in that kind of environment with you. Based on what she experienced in the past. Now, there's another caveat to this shit. <laughs> if she's having to rifle through like 19 names to get to yours, <laughs> uh, that might be a little different. But the thing is, most people out there on the dating scene are looking for someone that they can really enjoy life with. Or they can see constructive, productive time together. You know, like my profile on Bumble, I've been trying to change the age on that because it has 60, I'm 61. I'm trying to still figure that out, trying to get it to that other year. For some reason it fell back. But here's the interesting thing. At 61, I'm looking for more than likely the last woman I'll probably ever date in my life as far as to be a partner. Because I'm not pulling any bones about it. Hell, by the time I'm in my, my 80s, I may not be around. At best, I got maybe 20 good years left if I'm lucky. I don't know what the quality of those 20 years will be. Because as we get older, we start to ache more. Pain start to come in. 
So we never know. So, for instance, my agenda when it comes to dating is much different than someone in their 30s or 40s. Or even someone in their 20s, of course, or teens. Because, see, they're dating with the intention we thought would work. We try counseling first. If that didn't redress the issue, then we would actually divorce amicably, which we did. As I told you before, we were intimate the same night we filed for divorce. We carried on just like we were still married. But we knew we were going to part ways. And we kept our friendship for years. But the foundation of it was built on friendship. That's what I'm getting at. You lay the foundation for friendship. You put the relationship on top of the friendship. And then on top of the friendship, you put a family. I mean, on top of the relationship, you put a family. And what this does, it humanizes your partner. What's the first thing that we do usually when we break up? We try to dehumanize them. We try to hurt them. We want them to feel our pain. And what you have to look at is what would be your consistency of choice if you chose a person to be in your life and be as close to you? And then when things didn't work out, you treated them like a villain. What does that say about the way you choose your partner? Again, a lot of people have problems with their judgment. They chose a partner that was not so adequate for them or appropriate for them. And therefore, they go to vilify that person. And never look at the fact that uh, they chose that individual. So that's one thing that I stress with my ex-wife and myself. We have to be responsible for the choices we make, even when it comes down to us. We have to take blame just like we're pointing it at the finger at each other. Nobody goes away scarred. Nobody goes away feeling bad. So that you can start out in your next relationship with a more positive outlook. Now, I know some of you are saying, well, you know, that works in, in the magic world, but that doesn't work in the real world. Yes, it does work in the real world. Maybe you need to adjust your negative thoughts so much and look at some of the things that you've made mistakes on and look at correcting them. And you'll probably get a better result and you wouldn't be so negative. And I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass, you know, with a whole bunch of positivity. What I am trying to tell you, though, is this. Maybe you need to change your outlook because what you've tried so far hasn't worked. That's the reason why you're saying what you're saying. That's the reason why you're at where you are. Let me tell you one thing that I had to learn. I was going to go negative years ago. 
on everything, on the whole dating thing. I was just going to get one woman to just sit down and just call it a day and all this. But here's what I realized. Some of the people that I met, they were way more negative than I could ever be. Yeah, well, you know, I, I went with this person and this happened. I went with that person, this happened. I went with that person and this happened. And then you started to say, well, wait a minute now. You mean to tell me you've gone on 12 dates and they all been horrible? But they think that they didn't do anything. Well, they, they, they did this to me. They cheated on me. They did that. And it's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So did you ever take a look at the characteristics, some of the red flags of the type of people that you've been selecting to be in your life? A lot of them don't. They go with their feelings. They go with their feelings. See, the one thing I want you to do, if anything else, no matter how many of these episode you listen to. I want you to think before you love and I want you to think responsibly for yourself. It's okay to have feelings and to be in love with someone. But see, the thing is you got to do the logical work to, to have the reasoning behind those feelings. Sometimes we just have the feelings and that's all we go with. You got to have the logic behind it. The purpose, the goal. And when you have that, it gives you a little bit more confidence and enthusiasm to go all the way through with it. So you're not sitting there wondering, did I make the right choice? You kind of put the odds in your favor in that you've taking your time, did your due diligence in the beginning, and you've chosen the right person, and every relationship will have challenges, and they will have drawbacks, setbacks, and things that you never even thought of you'd have to deal with. But at the core, you have the confidence that you chose the right person to go through the shit you're going through with. The worst thing in the world is to go through some shit with someone, and they weren't the right person, and you knew it starting from the gate. And then you get this Monday morning quarterback and about, I knew it, you know, from the first minute this person said this or did that, I should have known. Well, hell, that was 15, 20 years ago. Are you just getting a message now? You're getting a message after you married the person. You're getting a message after the kids are in college. You know that damn shoe didn't fit you in the beginning. And you still gonna try to wiggle your big ass feet in that shoe. Then you get mad when your bunion pops out the side of it. Or when you do like some of the ladies used to do in a club where they'd take a razor blade and cut the little slivers in the front of the shoe so that the little bunions could hang out a bit. I used to see that shit. And some of y'all that go over to Ross or go over to damn uh, Nordstrom Rack and buy them damn shoes. You like the shoes because they, oh, they're the color they go with my dress. 
And then the shoe would be damn a size too large for you. You have to put tissue in the back of the damn shoe so that your foot would fit in it. Oh, I'd be watching your asses. <laughs> hey, it happens. some of you wear that dress. You know that dress I'm talking about, ladies. You got girlfriends that have that dress. You know damn well if they button that button up at the bottom, that damn button a ricochet through the room. Well, damn well that dress is a size too small. But in any case, people, I want you to have a wonderful day. I love you all. And take care. And remember, think responsibly. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.